0: Well, we're going to read from the Bible together now, and we're going to turn to John's Gospel and to John chapter 8. Uh, you'll find our Bible reading tonight on page 894 of the Pew Bibles, page 894, we're reading John 8, 31 down to verse 38, John 8, 31 to 38, and it's page 894 of the Pew Bibles. As I said this morning, we're doing something of an alternative Easter, thinking about passages that we wouldn't necessarily associate with Easter Sunday, and this is the passage that we're going to be thinking about this evening, John 8, 31 to 38, and as we read, we remember that this is God's word to us. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. Amen. And we thank God for his word to us this evening. Well, let's take our Bibles and turn to John chapter 8. We're going to think about the verses that we read earlier on in our service. Uh, You'll find the passage that we read on page 894 of the Pew Bibles. Uh, Page 894, John 8, 31 to 38. As I said this morning, we're doing something of an alternative Easter, thinking about different passages that we wouldn't normally associate with Easter Sunday. Uh, We're also doing something different in that we're picking up on one particular verse from the passage that we've read and we're doing something similar tonight. We did that this morning with Acts 3.15. Tonight, we're going to be narrowing in on one verse in particular from John 8, and it's verse 36. Uh, you'll see that Jesus says, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Normally, we look at a, a whole passage, try and get the context, and understand its meaning and application to us, but we're focusing in on this one verse tonight, and we're going to try and expand on what it teaches and says. And tonight we're going to be thinking about the freedom that the Lord Jesus offers us when we trust in him. Verse 36, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Freedom is is one of the words of Easter. If someone was to ask you to describe what Easter means in one word, you could legitimately say freedom. Easter means that I am free. And that's in direct contrast to what our world says. Our world says your mistakes will always be with you. Supposedly, we live in a time of moral relativism, the notion that knowledge, truth, and morality are not, not absolute, you can believe whatever you want, and it doesn't really matter. But if you spend any time on the internet, you'll know that there aren't many moral relativists. It's merciless, a, a place of guilt and shame and Twitter mobs. If you've said the wrong thing on social media, if you posted the wrong thing when you were 16 years old, it will be forever recorded in digital history. Some employer sometime is gonna find it, or new friends are gonna look back through your profile and and see it so you can never escape your past. Your mistakes will always be with you. There are no cover-ups. And we all have a past. In In our modern world, social media exaggerates, a problem that has actually always just been there. We have all made mistakes, we have all said or done the wrong things at some point. We're all sinners. Imagine someone set up a big screen for all your friends and neighbors and invited them to come and watch your whole life. All that you've looked at, all that you've done, all that you've said, all that you've thought. If you're anything like me, you'd be tearing it down. You'd do all that you could to stop them watching. Doesn't matter how many things we've done that may seem impressive, None of us would want everything in our past displayed on a screen for us all to see. But in John 8, Jesus offers his listeners a new beginning. They can be set free from bondage and sin. They can put aside their past mistakes and look to an entirely new future. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Being whoever you want to be is a very Western thing. People talk at length about, about sexual freedom or, or lifestyle freedom. You can choose. You decide. Don't let anyone else tell you what to think or be. That is what we're told. But the, the Bible gives us a, a different way of talking about freedom. R- real freedom is, is not the ability to be whoever you want to be. Real freedom is the ability to be who you ought to be. Do you notice the difference? Real freedom is not the ability to be whoever you want to be. Real freedom is is the ability to be who you ought to be. There is a right way to live. There are moral absolutes. And that means that there's a purpose to our freedom. One of the hymns that we've been singing over recent weeks is the hymn, It Was Finished Upon That Cross. It's by City of Light, and it speaks of Jesus' death and resurrection. Towards the end of the hymn, we sing these words, free from every plan of darkness, free to live and free to love, death is dead and Christ is risen. It was finished upon that cross. It's the climax of the hymn and it points us in the direction of our freedom as believers. And what we're going to do this evening is use those two phrases as our points as we think about the freedom that is on offer this Easter time. At Easter time, we can be free from every plan of darkness and we can be free to live and free to love. Let's think about our first point. At Easter time, we can be free from every plan of darkness. The context of Jesus' words here in John 8 are important to understand. At this point in John's gospel, he's engaging with Jews who were following him, but who hadn't believed in him. Verse 31 says that some Jews had believed in him, but what Jesus says in the rest of the chapter is uh, exposes their unbelief. And what he says in verses 31 to 38 is that he promises a freedom that no one else can give based on the truth he alone possesses. As the Messiah, he has come to set prisoners free. And true freedom can only be found in the right paternity. Not not everyone who claims Abraham as their father has God as their father. None can claim God as their father who won't have his son as their savior. What Jesus is essentially saying is that if our spiritual genealogy only includes our earthly heritage, we may be religious, but we're still orphans true spiritual heritage requires a connection to the one who existed long before Abraham, namely Jesus himself. If you look down to John 8, 58, Jesus says, "'Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am.'" And there again, he's he's using that Old Testament name of God, I am Yahweh, he's, he's calling himself the covenant Lord. But only through the gospel can we be restored from the dominion of darkness, where Satan is father, and be brought into the family of God, where we're given the full rights and delights of the children of God. Well, what Jesus says in verse 36 then becomes all the more precious. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. What he's saying that is, is that he, the Son, sets you free from both the guilt and the life-controlling power of sin. Now, at Easter time, we can be free from every plan of darkness. Hebrews 2.15 tells us that Jesus came to deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. People have always been in bondage to the fear of death. We, We exercise, we eat healthily, and we take tablets, and we do whatever we can because we're desperate to keep living. But when you take a step back from this, you realize the truth. One out of one persons will die, every one of us if you want real freedom, lasting freedom, lifelong freedom, you need a way to solve the problem of death. And the message of Easter is that God can set us free from the fear of death. The reason reason death is in our world is because of sin. Sin means turning away from God. It means refusing to worship him and, and to live according to his law. It means choosing slavery to other things. It means dismantling all of the things that he has set in place for our good and it leads to death. It's not that the world has bad guys and good guys, the oppressors and the oppressed and only the bad oppressors oppressors deserve judgment. No, every single person is guilty of sin and enslaved to death. There is a way though for us to be free from every plan of darkness. We live in the valley of the shadow of death but we can be free from that valley because of what jesus has done we have we have at the cross a new beginning a new beginning for jesus who is risen from the dead a new beginning for the disciples who were who were sent into the world a new beginning for the world as it started to hear that message a new beginning for you and me if we're trusting in jesus we aren't striving to become new we are new In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You have a new beginning. You you have a new freedom. Romans 6 tells us that we're no longer slaves to wickedness and sin, but that we're now slaves to ever-increasing righteousness. Our world says that you can't help being who you are, Identity is is vitally important because that is what you operate out of. Are you male or female? Are you black or white? What are you? That's your identity. You can only be what you were born as and that's something you can't help. Your own sense of identity is what you should celebrate. That's what the world says. But that's only half right. The Bible says over and over again in different places and in different ways, be who you are. And who are we? As Christians, we are those who have been freed from every plan of darkness. What we understand as Christians is that while we may have all sorts of identities, the one that matters the most is whether or not we are in Christ, whether or not we have put our faith in his sacrifice and been freed by him. We are born this way, born as sinners, born into slavery. But the good news of the gospel is that you can be born again, born in a different way. You can have a new beginning, a new freedom, and a new forgiveness. That's the first thing we can understand from John 8, 36. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. At Easter time, we can be free from every plan of darkness. The second thing we can learn from this part of the Bible is that at Easter time, we can be free to live and free to love. One of the most important stories in the Bible is the story of God getting his people free in Exodus. A key point in the Exodus story is when Moses goes into Pharaoh's court to give him God's message. We normally think that it's very dramatic. Moses marches in, voice booming, let my people go. And over and over again, he says, let us go. But we often forget the rest of what Moses said. He said, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness." The goal of freedom, in other words, was worship. Being free from slavery under the Egyptians meant being in servitude to God. When the Israelites got into the wilderness, they would receive the law that would tell them how to live, how how to serve and worship God. It's important to remember though that serving God is not like serving the Egyptians. God doesn't force people to serve him in order to gain his his protection or help. Receiving the law comes after the salvation that is freely given by God. In Exodus, when when the people cried out for help, God didn't come and say, okay, you're slaves, I might be able to help you, but what I'll do is give you 10 commandments. I'm gonna check back in a year to see how you're doing with the commandments. If you're hitting 80% of them, then I've got some plagues up my sleeve, but let me just see how you're doing first. No, that's, that's not how salvation works. That's not how Easter works. What God said was, I am the Lord your God. He accepted the people of Israel as his people before they had done anything to deserve it. He saved them by his own gracious mercy. And then he gave them the law. And the law was not something to imprison them, but to keep them free. We live in confusing times. Our world is, is so confused about what freedom means. In 2011, the American singer Lady Gaga released a song called Born This Way. At the time, she said that it was her freedom song and was supposed to empower people to live in whatever way they wanted. They could just live however they wanted and, and sing that song as they did so. But the freedom that's on offer from the world is not freedom at all. What the world offers is bondage. What the gospel offers us is the opportunity to to be free to live and free to love, free to live for and to love the Lord. The freedom God offers us comes when we trust in Jesus and when we abide in his word, then and only then will we be his disciples. We normally understand abiding in Jesus' word, listening to Jesus' word as enslaving, but in fact, it's the opposite. Think of it this way. Imagine you're, you're driving on some, some hairpin bend at the edge of a mountain and there's a great precipice, a great drop beside you. If you see a crash barrier between your car and the drop, what do you say to yourself? You don't say, I hate those crash barriers. I hate being told what to do. I hate being told to drive a certain way. No, you say, that is a really good idea. I could get hurt here. This is a dangerous bend. I'm grateful that somebody thought of this. The crash barriers keep you safe by showing you where to go. They keep you free. And it's the same with Jesus' word. It has been given to his people not to enslave them, but to keep them free. To do whatever we want to do is not real freedom because we will choose slavery. When the Israelites got out of Egypt, that's what they wanted. They wanted to go back to Egypt we are the same we will choose slavery we will end up enslaved in the way that other in the way others think of us we will choose to be slaves of our of our own hopes and dreams or we will allow past mistakes to master us and determine our dreams but 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 jesus says if you abide in my word you're truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free the truth of who he is what he has done, why he has died, how he has risen, will set us free to live and set us free to love him as our savior. At Easter time, we can be free from every plan of darkness and we can be free to live and free to love. Being whoever you want to be is a very Western thing. It's the spirit of our age, but the Bible gives us a different way about talking about freedom. Real freedom is not the ability to be whoever you want to be. Real freedom is the ability to be who you ought to be. There's a right way to live, and it comes through trusting in Jesus because if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Let me tell you a story about a lady called Joni Erickson Tada. Uh, some of you might have heard of her. Uh, she was a, she was in an accident when she was 17 and ever since then she's been a quadriplegic, paralyzed from the neck down. Uh, While she was still trying to come to terms with this horrible accident, she would go to church in her wheelchair. She she found the problem with being in a wheelchair was that at a certain point in church services, the minister would call everyone to kneel. Uh, That drove home the fact to her that she was stuck in a wheelchair. Uh, Once she was at a conference and the speaker urged people to get down on their knees and pray, Everyone did except Joni. With everyone kneeling, I certainly stood out and I couldn't stop the tears, she later said. But it wasn't because of self-pity. She was crying because the sight of hundreds of people on their knees before God was so beautiful. A picture of heaven, she said. And then she continued weeping at another thought. And these are her words. Sitting there, I was reminded that in heaven, I will be free to jump up dance, kick, and do aerobics. And sometime before the guests are called to the banquet table at the wedding feast of the Lamb, the first thing I plan to do on resurrected legs is to drop on grateful, glorified glorified knees. I will quietly kneel at the feet of Jesus. And then she adds, I with shriveled, bent fingers, atrophied muscles, gnarled knees, and no feeling from the shoulders down, will one day have a new body, light and bright and clothed in righteousness, powerful and dazzling. Can you imagine the hope that the resurrection gives someone who is spinal cord injured like me? Only in the gospel of Jesus Christ do, do, do people find such enormous freedom to live. Only the resurrection promises us new bodies, not just new minds and hearts, At Easter time, we can be free from every plan of darkness and we can be free to live and free to love. The good news of Easter is that if you're lonely because of the resurrection, you will have perfect love. If you're empty because of the resurrection, you will be fully satisfied. Freedom is one of the words of Easter. If someone was to ask you to describe what Easter means in one word, you could legitimately say freedom. Easter means that I am free. That's in direct contrast to what our world says. Your mistakes will always be with you. That's what the world says. But in John 8, Jesus says that if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. We're going to sing those words in just a moment. We're going to sing the modern version of Man of Sorrows. We're going to sing, Now my debt is paid, it is paid in full, by the precious blood that my Jesus spilled, Now the curse of sin has no hold on me, whom the Son sets free will be free indeed. Free from every plan of darkness, free to live and free to love. The question tonight is, do you have this freedom? Have you experienced it? Let's go back to that picture we we used at the start. Imagine someone set up a big screen for all your friends and neighbors and invited them to watch your whole life. All that you've looked at, all that you've done, all that you've said, all that you've thought. If you're anything like me, you'd be tearing it down. You'd do all that you could to stop them watching. It doesn't matter how many things we've done that may seem impressive. None of us would want everything in our past displayed on a screen for all to see. The good news of Easter though, is that there is someone who has dismantled the screen, put the projector away, and has said, all of that stuff is gone. It's dealt with. And that person is Jesus. Through his death on the cross, he paid the penalty for our sin. Through his resurrection, he invites us to new life with him. Through both, he offers us freedom. Freedom that is unlike any other so-called freedom on offer. Freedom that means that we are free from every plan of darkness and are free to live and free to love him as our Savior. That freedom is on offer tonight. What will you do in response? Continue in your sin, enslaved to the things of this world? Or will you turn to Jesus, the Son who can set you free? The son of God who has died and who has risen again and who promises that if he sets you free, you will be free indeed. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you tonight for the gospel of your son, the Lord Jesus. We thank you for his death and for his resurrection. We thank you that he has paid the penalty for our sin on the cross. And we thank you that through his resurrection, through his rising again, he invites us to enjoy new life with him. Thank you that we are free from every plan of darkness. Sin and death have been removed because of Jesus. And thank you that we're free to live and free to love him as our Savior, that we're free to live as we ought to live. Father, help us to do that this week. Help us to live in the freedom that you've provided for us. Help us to abide in your word and to follow you as your disciples. And we pray that you would speak to those who haven't yet experienced the freedom of Easter, the freedom of the gospel, the freedom that Jesus so freely offers. Help them to come to know this freedom tonight. For we ask these things in our Savior's name. Amen.